Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Rugby Pod. We hope you're all getting through your week without any Bucks Rugby. But since the new season of the Rugby Sevens kicked off in Hong Kong, we've got the former Durham man and the current GB athlete Jamie Adamson on the pod as he's looking to return from injury in time for the Hamilton and Sydney Sevens in January. Enjoy. Right then, Jamie lad, uh, how's it been with GB? Uh, yeah, good, mate. Good to get back. Good to get back in the mix. Um, new group of lads as well. Quite refreshing after last year. Um, new faces around. Everyone's pretty pretty familiar with each other as well from um, from prior to this season. Um, so yeah, no, it's been good. Good to good to get back in. So we hadn't actually realised that you're currently injured. You've had a bit of a rough time, like you say, since you were 18 with injuries. Has there still been a right in the camp, like getting to know the boys? Yeah, you know, like it's it's never as easy when you're not actually in training. But I mean, with a camp-based system, you know, you're basically spending 24 hours a day with each other uh, for all week. So yeah, it's been it's been good, you know. Like even though I'm not out on the pitch, it's um it's been nice to nice to be socialising with the boys and in all the meetings and stuff. Is it is it quite weird um for you kind of having teammates that were rivals in in the LA tournament you played in? Uh. Yeah, it, yeah, in, in that sense, it is. Yeah, it's a bit strange, but I mean, I mean, everyone kind of knew it was coming, so probably had a bit of time to digest that 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 was the way that the program was going. So, and you know, when you when you're away on World Series, you all the teams stay in the same hotel, so you you're constantly around those kind of boys, and you get to know each other anyway, even if you're not on the same team. So it's 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 all right, you know. It's not like not like 15s where you play them once a season, don't see them about and stuff. Yeah, so you were quite familiar with, you know, who they were and stuff. It wasn't just like in a room with all the boys you've been spewing for the last uh, six months. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, you know, last this time last year, it was uh, post the Olympics. It was a GB setup as well. So I was lucky enough to get in for a couple of sessions with them back then um, whilst I was still at uni. And then so kind of knew quite a few of the boys before going into this season. Yeah, because we know you were a 15s player originally, but am I right in saying you had a fair bit of experience in sevens before you joined that England setup for this uh, seven series. Uh, yeah, like I've always enjoyed, I've always enjoyed playing sevens. Like ever since I was at school, um, every summer just played like invitational stuff um, for like samurai and you know just on the like the UK circuit kind of thing. Uh, mainly for a bit of fun, to be honest, because it was like you get a good run around in summer. Uh, so I did that um, 18, 19, 20, and then obviously COVID hit. So. That was in my third year when we didn't play because of COVID. So going into that third year of summer, that was like the first bit of rugby I'd had in like 18 months. So I just played sevens that summer. Um, and then, yeah, got picked up at the end of that season, I guess, at the start of the book season. Do you find it difficult to go from sevens to 15s and make that transition? You know, you're doing it fluidly before, but is it a tough job for you to go from playing, well, you played flanker for Durham to go then play more, you know, expressive through the hands playing sevens? Uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. Bouncing between like being in training camp and then going back into Durham was, um, it was, well, I wouldn't say it was hard, you know, it was just like, yeah, it was just, it was quite exhausting. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's nice to be able to focus full time on uh, on sevens now because I feel like last season, you know, I was kind of balancing between the two, and then I go back into Durham and I do something wrong, and Keezy was like, oh, "That's sevens play would do that," um, <laughs> kind of play, kind of blame it on that kind of thing. So um, now it's uh, yeah, it was it was quite frustrating, but now it's you know I'm glad to be glad to be done with it and be able to focus on sevens completely. Some of the squads, the last England one in LA particularly and and now your your GB team as well there's so much experience in there there's some of the boys you've got 
unreal. I think, did you play with Dan Norton as well in, in London? Yeah, uh, it was, no, not London, Singapore and Vancouver. We Singapore and Vancouver, there yeah. we are. Like it, it must help having people like that in the squad, helping you, you know, get through it and adapt into that sevens game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with the with England starting in January, I think our first tournament out of the thirteen boys playing, we had nine nine World Series debutants. So that was, you know, very much the majority of the squad were inexperienced. So it was a big, big learning curve, like a, a steep one as well <laughs> that year. Um, but now going into GB, now we've got we've got a lot of experience. The likes of Jamie Farndale, he's got over fifty caps for Scotland. Uh, Robbie Ferguson, Alex Davis, those boys, like it, it, it's a noticeable step up in training and stuff as well. Um, just because just the amount of experience they have. And it is dead helpful for us young guys to to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. And I know uh, you just mentioned that you were out in Vancouver. I remember watching Durham versus Exeter final mm-hmm. in the hotel in Vancouver mm-hmm. last year. I assume you did the same. Yeah, I knew this would come up. <laughs> um, yeah, with the time, I didn't actually manage to watch the full game. With the time difference, we were, it was like the middle of the day out in Vancouver. I remember we were go- we were going to the gym, like sat on a team bus and only one of the boys had data on their phones. Oh, so I was like, we kept, we kept checking their score on their phones and stuff. Uh, managed to watch like the first 20 and then the last 10. No, the last 10 was probably the most frustrating 10 minutes of rugby I've ever seen, but <laughs> uh, it was pretty tough. And after that, I, I didn't I didn't bring myself to watch the full game. Yeah, <laughs> boys were pretty gutted, so I just yeah, I just parked it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you talk about, obviously, Dylan there. Let's go back uh, to chat more about your BSR era, I guess. Uh, you're a Durham lad through and through. Why did you go to Durham University? Um, I didn't actually want to go. I applied to Bath was my first choice and then literally like a few days before the deadline just oh Alex Key sold the dream <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so I got sold it but yeah I, I had an older brother in Durham so. get it must be. I know I know <laughs> I, had a, I had an older brother in Durham he was he was two years above me so he was like familiar with the place and obviously like growing up not like half an hour away it's, um, it's I was familiar but Kind of thought it was the best balance between doing a decent, decent course and rugby wise. Um, but I mean, at the time, they weren't that good, and especially in my first year, we weren't, we weren't anything special. I think we finished sixth at the end of that season. Um, but yeah, it was kind of just the balance between the rugby and the course, to be honest. Yeah, how do you think then? If you say when you started there, Durham weren't that great. What's happened? How are Durham now this massive force in Super Rugby? Yeah, I don't know. We first year it was. Um, my first year was probably a, like a team of like individuals. I reckon like it was a very different culture to the to the years after that. Um, you know, I I spent the first eight or nine games playing for the twos in that Bucks North one, um, and then managed to break into the first team just through like boys getting injured, um, like as it happens, um, and then played the rest of the season in the ones. But yeah, we we it was just kind of we were on the wrong side of those results quite a, quite a bit, and then that last game of the season was the quarterfinal against Bath and we got like we got dished up we got like 64 points put on us down at Bath and we were like oh god so the boys weren't too hopeful going into the next season um, and then I don't know it was just like a big shift we, no one thought at the start of the season like we're going to win the league or anything like that we were just kind of taking it game by game um, started to win and then it got to like six games in and we were like we've not actually lost yet so boys were kind of getting a you know, getting a bit excited and stuff for what what we could potentially achieve. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many players of your team that like they're now going into such 
top level yourself. Fitz Harding, Fred Davis now with the Bears. It was such a good team. Yeah, yeah. That second team was that second year team was um was very competitive. You know, I was I mean I was competing for likes of yeah, Fitz, Josh Basham, Ben Fowles, Jack Hill. So I was I was very much, very much fourth choice <laughs> back around that year. Um we you know we were good, and and I think the year after that, I reckon that COVID year, I reckon our team that was probably like the best mix between that team last year and the, the team that won the league two years before. So I was pretty pretty gutting that we didn't uh, that we didn't manage to play any rugby that year because it was our team was looking pretty exciting. Yeah, that's something I've got down here about COVID. Obviously, you've got fifteen appearances, I think it is, in Buck Super Rugby. Do you think? You know, you had a couple of injuries. The year of COVID, that could have been your year in Buck Super Rugby and you could have really made it, made well, created waves in the league, I guess. Yeah, I was pretty excited uh, for that year. Um, it's probably like part of the reason why I stayed for a Masters, to be honest, just because like, nothing had really happened. Like, I'd had two pretty um, pretty average years, you know, only playing like half a season in first year and second year. So, um, yeah, I reckon it could have been a good year. It could have been pretty exciting. We had a good team, so... I don't know who knows, but that's why. I mean, that's why I stayed, and like, it was worth it, I guess, in the end. Do you reckon yeah, there were a lot of boys who stayed that extra year because, like, we we found it with especially Met Swansea, knowing a couple of boys there. Like, some of them, their decision was purely based on the fact that they just hadn't played enough rugby in those two years of COVID. Like, do you think that's why the quality was so good last year, and maybe is this year as well? Because boys are sticking around that little bit longer. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, we had quite an old team last year. Like our whole pack was pretty much third and fourth year, um, because boys just hadn't played rugby, like like you said. Uh, but even that year before, I think the after we won the league, quite a lot of boys stayed on that year because because we'd won and we're actually playing well. A lot of boys stayed on to try and do it again. And then they ended up staying on for a Masters and didn't get to play any rugby, but had to do their course. So <laughs> it was pretty, <laughs> pretty bleak for them. Um, but yeah, and then the likes of like Mario, like Fred and Jack Hill and stuff, we we stayed on just because don't think we were like, ready to leave uni on that note, I guess. Weren't ready for full-time jobs and stuff. I know Fred was pushing for a, for a professional contract and so needed like a decent season under his belt. Um, so yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, and he got a decent season, didn't he, really? Yeah, pretty, de- pretty decent season. <laughs> yeah, and that, that season last year for Durham, do you think, obviously winning the league, unbelievable, but is it sort of what could have been to do the double? Um, Yeah, I mean, for me, it's less bitter. I only got that. I, I think I only played seven games last year because I was... Play. I brought my jaw in the third game of the season, so didn't didn't play until after Christmas. After that, and then obviously it was bouncing between sevens and fifteens. So, I mean, but for those boys who've done like 18, 18 games or whatever it is throughout the year, like likes of Fred and Jack and Marine, they were doing like eighty minutes every week. Um, to not to not yeah to not get the icing on the cake at the end was pretty gutting for them, especially with the way the game went. Um, mm. But I mean, yeah, I mean that's just how it goes, I guess. You mentioned there about breaking your jaw. It, obviously, a big reason why you had a massive uh, disrupted season, we'll call it, the yeah. last year of Durham. Um, it seems like, though, you feel like you were really part of the group and, and the culture up there. Because like you said earlier, we're not too sure how it goes up there. We're obviously based in Wales. We know how the Cardiff yeah. teams do it. But um, yeah, is it is it kind of inclusive? Like, obviously, being so elite, it might be seen from the outside that it's not quite as... Uh, as all, all for one and one for all kind of thing. Yeah, I'd say it is. Like, uh, there was quite probably a bit of a change between when we won in second year to when we won in my fourth year. Like, 
Falzi as a captain was very much a, like very personable and like he he like created that culture, I guess. Um, and then Fred was very much lead from the front, drove high standards, and like the boys, I guess, just jumped jumped on the bandwagon, and followed. Um, and like we were lucky, we were quite lucky to have that like fourth year group that had done it in the second year um, to like just like keep that culture going. And then obviously everyone bought in pretty well. You know, like you get all the injured boys down at training and stuff, which I'm sure like it happens at every other team, but just to keep everyone involved, you know, and it's quite, we've got a group of like probably like 30 lads that were, that were involved with that first team, um, like quite a lot. So yeah, it is pretty, it is inclusive. Like it's a good environment. To lead on to the sevens then, you broke that jaw. Um, seems like, you know, it's not a good thing for you. And then on your birthday, you get that call up to the sevens. Yeah. So it kind of worked out really well. Yeah, I mean, especially considering half the reason I stayed was to play rugby and I only lasted three games. That was just like, <laughs> as you can imagine, it was pretty frustrating. Um, it was pretty frustrating. But then uh, it was literally within a few weeks. Uh, yeah, I just got a phone call and got offered a contract. Do you know, it was like it was like rumours of the England sevens programme starting up and stuff. And it was something I always wanted to do. I played, I was lucky enough to play back in 2019. I played in one of the European Grand Prix tournaments. Um, with England after they'd already qualified for the Olympics. So they sent like a young academy team and I was fortunate enough to play in that. And then after that, the program got disbanded. So I was like, oh, like dream's over. <laughs> uh, kind <laughs> short of thing. Dream, yeah, short lived. So yeah. And then rumors kind of saying that the nations, the GB team is going to split up back into home nations and stuff. But um, yeah, and then got that phone call and got off the contract. So obviously bit the handoff was dead keen to get involved. So get you know it was nice like when I was injured for three months to like have a bit have something to work towards. Yeah, absolutely. And without trying to, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, you've been injured all the time. You bounce <laughs> back now, so I feel like it's okay to talk about it. But um, I was looking back at your record. Am I right saying you were with the Falcons for a little bit as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, just like junior academy stuff. Yeah, and then it was broken leg, injured back. The list yeah. <laughs> of injuries that's piling up yeah, once yeah. you're eighteen. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it happens, doesn't it? Like, it happens to everyone. It's not, it's not just me who's been injured before, but um, yeah, I mean, it's why, probably why, why we do it, you know. It's like, just enjoy it. And you've come back better and stronger. Like you say, the injury to your jaw and you somehow end up doing the sevens again. It's kind of like a blessing <laughs> in disguise, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely. It was, and as I said, like, some, just, someone just to work towards, I guess, whilst you yeah. jaw is such a, such a, injury to do as well because it's not it's not something you can rehab or anything like you just <laughs> just it's just like a waiting it's just a waiting I was like going down to tra- after like a week or so once the swelling goes down I was down at training but like I couldn't train in case you got like hit in the face of the ball or something so I was just running up and down the sideline whilst the boys were training you wasn't drinking uh, out of a straw was you lad nah for the first week I was like super out of straw yeah soft food for like soft food was like six weeks that was pretty minging <laughs> jawline of a god though yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I got a fake, fake one nah, I've, I mean I remember when I did it in the game I did it like 20 minutes in and then thought I'd like cracked a tooth or something because my mouth was bleeding and then played the full 80 and then went then went out because <laughs> we got a decent win against Bass we went out I woke up the next day and my face was twice the size. <laughs> <laughs> Griff, do you have any more to ask about the Durham aspect before we look ahead to uh, the rest of the season? Well, as you said earlier, I think from a sort of having a Welsh sort of look at Buck Super Rugby, we see Rob obviously with the culture in Swansea and the culture 
of uh, Cardiff Met and Cardiff. How do you boys view, I guess, the boys in Cardiff? Do you see them as the Welsh sort of university trying to make that impact on Bucks Super Rugby? Is it every team, you treat every team the same or...? Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, a lot of passion in those Welsh teams. <laughs> like, I mean, last year was the first time I'd ever played at Cardiff Met and well, it was pretty, it was pretty cool, you know, seeing like what their, like what like their club buying they have and stuff. Um, and yeah, it was pretty entertaining being out on the pitch, getting, uh, getting abused by the ultras. <laughs> um, yeah, they're quite vocal. Yeah, it was, it was, it's good though. Like, it's definitely a good atmosphere. So yeah, probably just like, you just see like boys proper, proper passionate about it down there, which maybe you don't get at other unis. Yeah, what and was I your guess biggest game. Sorry, sorry, lad. Yeah, that's what, what was, that was my question. biggest game, like, because you know, for us, obviously, we've got the Cardiff clashes, we've got those Welsh derbies. For you up in Durham, like, might not even be the biggest rivalry. Just what was the biggest game where you thought this is massive? Last season, our first home game of the season was uh, Exeter. It is always the first home game of the season. I know in my, I mean, my first year that was it was man, it happened to be Exeter as well, and the boys won by one point. Uh, sorry, second year that was the boys won by one point, and then yeah, last year we won in the last play with a with a penalty. So, and like you got that's when you get the biggest crowd in Durham because when it gets to November time and like it's freezing cold and raining, like nobody comes down. <laughs> so yeah, probably that first first home game, whoever it, whoever it's against. Yeah, that trip up to Durham, we haven't we haven't ventured yet, have we, Rob? But no, we no. might be delaying that as long, long as possible. We'll wait long. for like later in the year, I think. It's gonna be it's gonna be chilly now. Yeah, yeah I know the Met, the Met boys stayed up last year. They stayed up after the game. I think they went out and stuff. But when we do Met, we do we go there and back in a day. It's only Swansea and Exeter that we stay over for. Mate, we're just glad Northumbria's out of the picture. To be honest, yeah, no <laughs> that was Northumbria our boys. game. <laughs> that is yeah, that no, is I mean, true. Yeah, the way Beckett are going as well. I mean, it could be a could be an all South League except for Durham. <laughs> yeah, you talk about this year. Have you been paying a lot of attention to what Durham are doing this year? Yeah, I've been. I mean, because it's so close, I've been and got a few, quite a few boys who are still playing uh, this year. I've been down to watch a watch a few of the games. Uh, saw the live stream on the other week, which was a which was a tough watch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I've been keeping up with it. Just no, I've got so much so much time on my hands now. <laughs> Might as well. Um, well, hopefully you'll be on the plane for more sevens soon. I think you mentioned earlier that you're aiming for New Zealand Sydney in January. Yeah, yeah, Hamilton, uh, Hamilton Sydney is the next. The ones in in the new year. So missing missing Dubai and Cape Town, unfortunately. But you know, I got got to get right and hopefully be backfiring by then. Have you spoke to the boys who went out to Hong Kong? How they how they found it? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, it was a it was a mixed bag, you know. Like they were just so so up and down. I mean, that is the roller coaster of sevens. But we came we came out on the wrong side of a few results that we probably shouldn't have. Um, you know, France first game they were they were pretty good, pretty solid outfit, and they came third. But yeah, they Uruguay, were yeah, all we had to do was was beat Uruguay, and then we would have um, gone through to the quarters ahead of South Africa because uh, the boys managed to get a win over them. But uh, yeah, it was just up and down, which. I mean, the lads only had eleven days training together beforehand, and no proper pre-season, so it's it's expected. But thing is, we'll come good. You know, beating South Africa—that's that's quite incredible. Big result. Losing to Uruguay from the outside, it might seem like you know you're obviously going to be disappointed. But that Uruguay side—they got some big boys in there. They're actually a lot better. Mate, they're they're decent. Like, just I mean, they're just another passionate South American team, like, yeah. like <laughs> Argentina. They're tough to beat. Uh, we played them at the World Cup. And like we got, we managed to get like a good result over them. So it was our last game, and they were, 
I mean, they played six games that weekend. They were absolutely fried. I think by the end of it, just not used to the, not used to it. But um, yeah, no, they're a decent outfit, man. They're a tough, tough team to beat because they've just because the brand of sevens they play like, they're very unconventional, direct, big lads. So it's yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm interested to see how they go this year. Absolutely, like I flew out to Chile to watch them try and qualify, and oh, the yeah. stadium there, mate, suited them to a T. I think uh, the day before the tournament. The, uh, the groundsman just dug up the pit. Oh, really? <laughs> a bit of a lack of communication, I think it was. And we arrived on the day before and there were just holes all over the pit. Oh, God. So it was, like, <laughs> it was very stuck in. But that Uruguay side, it kind of suited them because they just wanted to play yeah. physical rugby. And, you know, in the end, it worked out for them. And, and, and they're here now. I was just going to say, I love listening to you boys talking about flying around the world, Vancouver, Hong Kong, Chile, <laughs> Hamilton, and I'm here sat in Cardiff. <laughs> play. I'm just sat behind a laptop with a microphone on, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, man. It's not stealing a living. <laughs> which one's your favourite? Which one are you looking forward to most then uh, on the tour this year? Um, probably London, to be honest. London was london was epic last year playing in that just because you get so many you get so many boys like and well that just mates come to watch the nature of sevens being away you don't get you don't get a massive amount of support because you know i mean not everyone wants to jump on a plane out to sydney just to watch you play rugby for the weekend <laughs> so um uh dave rogers has actually uh messaged me and he's uh <laughs> mentioned about a certain party um with a free bar that happened after the Twickenham Sevens. Is there yeah. some, is there stories yeah. that came out of that? Um, not like I remember. <laughs> <laughs> we had a yeah, we had a, an area rented out. And Red Bull, um, Red Bull put a load of money behind the bar, uh, so we managed to have a free bar. And I turned around and yeah, Burnsy and Dave Rogers were stood there somehow. <laughs> and Dolph Burnsy's on it, mate. Griff came yeah. out to lose. And Burnsy was on a different. He was on something different that night. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's clean off. <laughs> he just drinks tequila like it's water. <laughs> uh, so the game. There was no bucks this week because we were all busy watching the sevens. Of course, um, we're back again now. Next week, we're going to go up against the Twitter polls. So we put up a couple of polls on Twitter last week. Up against the listeners, uh, I think us three are all going to come to a consensus on who's going to win. And hopefully beat those Twitter polls this week because we <laughs> Griff's having a tough time at the moment trying to beat oh, all on, the guests. It's been tough. I'm not bad. I'm just. Bad, it's just. Nah, there's been a couple of well big upsets. Really, who would have expected Beckett to draw with Cardiff Uni last week? And yeah. who'd, who'd even predict the draw in Bucks with Rugby? So you no. can't really have a go with me for that. No, I respect the effort. That's why I don't guess. Ah, okay, I'm cool, saying we're cool. gonna work. I'm just gonna ask you boys and agree. <laughs> the first one up though quite suitable perhaps Cardiff Met versus Durham Oh, little bit of bias involved there. Oh, we'll get wow. the hard one out the way early on you've gone early on that one interesting <laughs> Durham have got two tough games in the next two weeks oh, I don't know to be honest it's at Met as well isn't it it is yeah. at Met which might be a deciding factor tough place to go tough place to go um, I reckon Met just Met just, yeah. see that's wow. tough because I don't know. <laughs> I think I'll be honest. Durham at home, I don't see many teams going up to Durham and taking any points. Like mm. Nottingham getting a try BP is almost unthinkable. 
to go up yeah. there and get that. But when Durham have to, t- like you said, they travel down and up in a day. That must be so tough for the lads. Like even mentally knowing oh, after this game, I have to jump back on the bus and go all the way back up. So it does. Maybe that plays into it. I don't know, but yeah, like you said, met. Yeah, probably just. But I wouldn't say Durham will be looking down. They'll still be chasing the the top of the league hundred percent in a complete time. So we're mm-hmm. going met by a couple of points, and I think that's yeah, probably just, a fair just... guess. I reckon it'll be a pretty attritional game as well. Pretty, pretty mm. not exciting rugby to watch. <laughs> I think it was the first game we saw last year. Was it 10-10, 8-8 or something? 13 13, I think. Oh, great game. It was all <laughs> very similar to that. <laughs> the next one up, and behind, like it seemed like an easier prediction before last week's results, leads Beckett home to Hartbury. So after um, last week's results. Yeah. Gotta go with Hartbury. Yeah. They're strong right. this year, I reckon. Mate, they've played some really good rugby this year, Hartbury. And it's actually some, like I was looking on, on Twitter and seeing that they were seventh, and I was like, they're one of the better teams I've watched this year, and they're mm. sitting in seventh, which is obviously credit to, to the league, I suppose. But yeah, Leeds, they've had a tough season, good result last week. Not sure that's quite enough to carry them through this one. No. No. We I mean, it's harsh, isn't it? But I think <laughs> from everyone we've spoken to that everyone's said that Leeds are just not as they were. Maybe their win against... Uh, I've called it a win twice now, but it was a draw against Cardiff Uni. But it feels like a win after the, the couple of weeks they've had. Um, I saw on Twitter someone said they were looking better. So potentially, well, they might be improving, but Harbury, they've got so many quality players. I think they had seven players involved uh, with Gloucester over the weekend. So I don't see... Uh, Leeds back again. Any points from this one, unfortunately. Thing is, boys, it'll be scary if Leeds suddenly turn it on and start competing like they like they could do. Because where'd you get those games where you rest players for the rest of the year? Like, where are they going to come from? If no, Leeds you are don't. playing well, <laughs> Nottingham are playing well. <laughs> well, that might be Cardiff's downfall last week. You look at the fifteen that Cardiff Uni played against Leeds Becker. It wasn't quite their strongest. Was that maybe a mistake by Cardiff Uni thinking that Becker would be? Weaker than what they actually are. Yeah, I remember from like just playing last year, like the boys, it was there was no easy game. Like, cliches, it is like you've either got a tough game or again, that's a banana skin where like a team could pull out of the bag. Like, even going into Northumbria, like, like you can't, you can't second guess them because like they've scored, they had, they scored some pretty ridiculous drives last year, like just on like out of nothing. So you can't, you know, you can't afford to just field like a, a half arse team and expect to win, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that, Swansea versus Exeter, sides that never really let up at all. They take every game seriously <laughs> down at St. Helens and obviously Exeter won't want to drop any more points at all this season, probably. Have they got any boys playing playing Chiefs this weekend? Well, as we were speaking to, uh, was it Luke uh, on the last pot? He's saying the boys in England is such a... I guess it's a positive for the Welsh teams, isn't it? Not the best players get pulled away because they're so good. They have to play on a better level. So off you go, lads. But um, if Exeter, I think Exeter doesn't really matter if they've got Prem, Premka players going away. I just think overall Exeter will have too much for Swansea. Swansea are looking like maybe the team that leads Beckett are chasing at the moment. Uh, and I don't think Swansea will get off the mark. Uh, in this game, I think Exeter will probably get a BP win, to be honest. 
Yeah, so I'll go with that then. <laughs> not not Captain <laughs> Ireland Swansea. To be Such honest. sound justification. <laughs> uh, no, it's probably my job to stand up for the Swansea boys. And as I said, the first game against Met, which was a massive game, I thought this this was going to be the season where they just fully ditch that underdog mentality and they're going to do something where they're pushing up to the top rather than just running away from the teams at the bottom. Um, and they've just had a tough time. Like, I think visiting that Nottingham side, maybe underestimating them early on in the season because they've proved that they can score tries for fun. Like, scored, I think they scored 41 points against Exeter last week. And so they started the two the season with two hard games, didn't come away with any wins. But it is hard to argue that Exeter might smoke them. It is hard to, <laughs> you know, like... We're not talking about a close game. Like Exeter are one of the best sides in the league. And I think the polls might agree with all of our decisions so far, but I think it is fair to say that Exeter might come away with a win on the road. Yeah, I think 100%. I think Exeter, they might not be in the top four at the moment, but Exeter, definitely top four by the end of the season for me. Yeah, it's a long old league. It's a long old league. A lot can change <laughs> between now and then, I reckon. Perhaps the most appealing tie of this round, Loughborough. Cardiff is the next one. A uh, bit more difficult to call. Yeah, good game this. Both top of the league, and they? Joint, joint points? Yeah, joint Down points top of the league. And, yeah, Loughborough. You, I was going to say, we were in camp a few weeks ago when the, the Loughborough-Beckett game was, so I went, boys, a couple of boys went down to watch that, and it was just, for about 60 minutes, It was we left after 60 minutes. I think Loughborough were 28-7 up or something, but it was like, they'd had a, they had like a penalty try and it was just yeah and then I got back and checked the score and it was like 57-14 or something like that at the end of the so <laughs> obviously the floodgates had opened in the last 20 but yeah for 60 minutes I mean Loughborough didn't look like they were firing properly so what do we reckon they are home which yeah. you know I think Cardiff Uni are going to need to win this I think overall their squad depth if you look at the team who played Leeds Beckett it wasn't their first 15 and they draw if they play their first 15, they've got a great chance of beating anyone. I just reckon Cardiff have to win this if they want to stay at the top for the rest of the season. And as we said, you know, Charlie Titcombe at 10 for Loughborough is going to cause all sorts of danger um, for Cardiff Uni. So I've just waffled there for a bit to try and get some more time for, for me to make my decision. But I'll probably go for Loughborough, but it'll be a tight, tight game. Home advantage, probably, probably Loughborough, I guess, then. We are my advantage means a lot. Playing it I'm real happy. safe, boys. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. The next we one, win. maybe That's right. where we can mix it up. Nottingham and Bath. Just start by saying Bath played some unbelievable rugby last week. I think we have to mention it. The the quality they showed. It was so, like against Loughborough as well, who we just mentioned how good they were. They won by one point in the end, but I don't think that really tells the story of the game because. Of all the streams I've watched this year and the live games me and Griff have been to, that performance from Bath, it was not only a surprise, but it was just, oh, they were playing some real good rugby again for a team who was sitting fourth and, and were a bit lower down before that game. Yeah, I think um, Bath overall, they've sort of taken everyone by surprise slightly this year to think where they were at the end of last year. But Bath have always been one of the best teams in Buck Super Rugby, just generally, they've always been pushing top four. As you said earlier, Durham, what, well, what season was it you went down there and got pumped? Um, 2019. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you can never write them off, I guess. Um, 
Nottingham, they had their eyes on the, the four, four games, didn't they? As uh, James Cherry said, he said, Loughborough, Durham, Met, Exeter, they had four games there, four really, really hard games. So this one is probably one uh, where they're probably targeting to get some more points on the table, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it feels yeah, it like we're hard. just going with the classic trend of whoever's doing better at the moment, but it's hard to go against that as well because Bath are so, so good. Do we do we just go Nottingham to try and win the points over the polls? Do you want <laughs> to go Nottingham? James Cherry will rig those polls, mate. He's got a bit of a following. And he'll be <laughs> James Cherry loves the pot. He'll have every one of his mates voting on that poll to go for Nottingham. 100 percent Yeah. Are we gonna go Nottingham? Yeah, I'll go Nottingham, make Jamie Barden happy. Ah, yeah, <laughs> there we go. Great stuff then, lads. Uh, cheers to joining us, Jamie, and uh, all the best when you do get out to uh, Hamilton. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate it. Nice one, lad. Cheers, lad.